Yeah, to start us off the rip here, I just want to point out that uh, Charlene blew uh, what would have been probably a 30-point lead in our Dynasty League. Um, Saquon Barkley, uh, you're everyone's dad this week. Absolutely stoked to have you on my fantasy team. It's great to have the real deal Saquon Barkley back. Let's get stuck into the pod. Can't believe the boys are actually making me do this. Yo, yo, yo. What's good, Addicts Gang? Welcome to the very first week one review. My name is Frank. It's so great to be here to bring you the coverage from week one. Um, Hopefully, like myself, you won your week one matchup. Um, I'm stoked. Shalam, like I mentioned in a little promo before, beat him. He's a loser. Um... And I'm just so happy to have football back. Um, I'm basically going to spend each and every Monday in Australia time. So it'll be Sunday night America time. uh, Probably like late, late, maybe even in the early mornings of Monday for you guys. But this is Monday night for me, okay? Um, I'm running off next to no sleep. I've been at work all day. But that's not going to stop me from delivering you guys the very best fantasy football news. I'm going to break down each game, all the storylines we need to take away, surprises, stuff that wasn't so surprising, people that disappointed, um, whatever it might be. And basically, you know, all the information you need to take away from these games to make you the best fantasy player going forward. Um, I'm not going to waste too much time. I'm going to get stuck straight into the first game, which was highest scoring game of the slate, which was uh, an awesome game for me. I know I had a couple of players in this game um, that definitely had a great um, fantasy day. So I'll start off with the Lions and the Eagles here. Lions only getting beaten by three points against the Eagles. So they put up, put up a good fight, but I don't think the game was in doubt. They scored 14 points to zero in the last quarter to make it look a bit more respectable, but I think the Eagles were on top of them for most of the game. Jared Goff had 215 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. We know what Jared Goff is. He's going to be a bottom, you know, t- probably a 20 quarterback 24, 25 for the rest of the year. We know what he is at this point. Um, you know, you in a pretty bad way if you have to put him in your lineup. Um, let's go over to the running backs. We saw DeAndre Swift have a monster game. Um, all that offseason hype, the first round pick you guys used on him in your drafts, he's been worth every penny of that first round pick. He had 15 carries, 144 yards. So that's nine and a half a clip and a touchdown. Could have been a bigger day because Jamal Williams had 11 carries for 28 yards, two and a half a carry, and two touchdowns. So, you know, one of those goes to DeAndre Swift becomes an absolutely stupidly big day. Um, as for the receivers in Detroit, we had Armin Ra St. Brown doing his thing. Uh, it wasn't a massive, massive day like we saw at the end of last year, but was, you know, relatively consistent. He had eight receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Really good fantasy day. DJ Chark chimed in for the other touchdown as well, four for 52 and a touchdown. DJ Chark just seems to just catch touchdowns when he's healthy. I don't know. It's just weird. He could be good. You never know. TJ Hawkinson had four for 38 and no score. DeAndre Swift chimed in with three catches for 31 yards. That rounds out the important Detroit Lions players. Um, the Eagles' defense looked like they were struggling quite a bit, but it's probably promising for this um, Detroit Lions offense if, you know, obviously they've got some good skill position players in Swift, Armin Ra St. Brown, you know, TJ Hawkinson, Jameson Williams when he gets back, probably gives you a bit more hope and a bit more faith in the offense to being able to support these guys. Now, the Eagles. We saw Jalen Hurts. He went 18 for 32. Makes it look worse than it is because he went, you know, 0 for 5 to start the game. But he had 243 passing yards. He then had 17 carries. Man with a running back out there today for 90 yards, 5.5 a carry, and a touchdown. Miles Sanders led the team in rushing with 13 carries, 96 yards, and 7.5 uh, yards per carry. He had a touchdown as well. Kenny Gainwell had a touchdown. Boston Scott had a touchdown. So Jalen Hurts had about 25 fantasy points, if I'm not mistaken, six-point fantasy, uh, six-point touchdown, passing touchdown leagues. 
he could have had an even bigger day. Like, there was guys that went down in, like, inside the five, like, three times, and they ran it on the goal line. He got one of those goal line carries. Could have been two, could have been three. It could have been a monster day for him. But the main storyline to take out of this is A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, they might be in love with each other. A.J. Brown had 10 receptions, 155 yards. He is elite. He's an elite player, and he's going to get elite volume from this Eagles offense. So... AJ Brown, any doubts you had about him, and if you took him in the fourth round, like if he was going in the back of the fourth round in some leagues, that's a bargain. He's going to be a top 10 wide receiver at a minimum to me. He's incredibly talented. Dallas Goddard had three for 60. I think he, he, that man gets tackled inside of the five-yard line more than anyone else in the entire NFL. I think he, like he had a catch inside the five, and then he had a catch when he got taken outside of the one as well. So he's going to get some more touchdowns, I hopefully. He's going to be a you know, relatively decent tight end, somewhere between that 6 to 12 range. Kenny Gamewell had a couple catches. Miles Sanders had a couple catches. Nothing too important to take from that. Um, I think the key takeaways from that game is just Jalen Hurts is good, and this Eagles team is, you know, going to be really good. The defense was, you know, pretty poor, but I think, you know, if the games are a bit more competitive, they're not so far ahead, they'll probably be a bit um, more tight on defense. Now, I'm going to head over to the Bears-Niners game. That was a monsoon. Um, hard to watch at times. Uh, the weather was just terrible. Chicago always dishing up the very best in weather. Um, Justin Fields, he only threw the ball 17 times for 121 yards, two touchdowns. Because he had the two touchdowns, he gave you an all right fantasy day. Had 28 rushing yards on 11 carries. So a couple extra points there. Nothing too much to take away. Um, just that Justin Fields gets a win, which is great for him. So it was 19-10 in the end. Khalil Herbert actually led the team in rushing. He had nine carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. While Monty had 17 carries for 26 yards. That could be a little bit concerning because Khalil Herbert was taking some important touches at the end of the game. So I think that Khalil Herbert-David Montgomery split might be larger than we initially thought, but I think David Montgomery's still the lead back. He had seven, he had almost double the amount of carries, so it's nothing to be too concerned about. Dante Pettis had that big 51-yard touchdown. Monty had three catches. Outside of that, they only threw the ball 17 times, so if you had Darnell Mooney, you were very disappointed. He only had the one catch on three targets. Um, yeah, just the weather. There's really not much you can do about these games. I know... If you're really sweating fantasy, you do look at the weather reports. I normally, I'm not normally one of those people. I don't really like want to buy into the weather type thing, but it was so bad out there. If you had a notice and picked up on it sooner, then you might have been able to take him out of your lineup. Um, on the Niners side of the ball, Trey Lance, he struggled. He really, really did struggle for this Niners offense that you know at times last year was just able to get up and down the field on the fl- on the ground through the air. They struggled against this Bears defense, who looked pretty good. Uh, Roquan Smith, I mean, he wanted to get traded away, but man just balls out. So I think uh, hopefully, if the Bears will want to be keeping him there, being able to put up um, you know a really solid defensive effort. Traylance had 13 carries, 54 yards, 4 yards a carry. He's going to give you that every single week. He's a rushing quarterback. You just hope that he can, you know, get on the scoreboard with a touchdown next time. So he's going to be good for fantasy. I wouldn't be too scared um, fantasy-wise, but, you know, real NFL football. Traylance struggled a little bit. Debo Samuel, man is inevitable. He didn't even look like sniffing the end zone. And then all of a sudden, he just runs it in. You know, I think it was like a 10-yard run or something like that. He had eight carries, 52 yards, six and a half pop. He's the man. Elijah Mitchell, already injured. It took one week, and he's already hurt his knee. He had six for 41, seven yards of carry to start the game. It was looking great. And now he's uh, hurt again. We don't know how long it's going to be. We'll hopefully get a bit more information in the coming days. Jeff Wilson is the pickup. Um, is the immediate backup. We might see Tyrion Davis-Price get a bit more work now that uh, Eli Mitchell, if he was to miss time, but I think Jeff Wilson's definitely the direct backup. And then we saw Jawan Jennings lead the team in receiving. He had four for 62. Brandon Ayuk had two for 40. Um, Ray, Ray Ray McLeod had one had one catch for 20 yards, and Debo only had two catches for 14 yards. So it was just a this offense just struggled, um, to put it nicely. So I think... Um, Definitely some room for improvement for Trey Lance, but I definitely think he will be fancy relevant. I wouldn't be too scared if I've got him on my roster. I'd be, you know, keep starting him, put him in your lineup. You know, you draft him, you beat your quarterback one. There's not going to be many other options out there that you think are going to do a better job. 
Now, to possibly the grossest game of the uh, early morning, or definitely the grossest game of the early morning, probably the grossest game of the week, um, Cincinnati Bengals versus Pittsburgh Steelers. How the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't put this game away is a testament to how garbage Mitchell Trubisky is and how soon we might see Kenny Pickett. Because, gee, they turned over Joe Burrow five times. They picked him off four times. And then made him, and they recovered a fumble another time. So Joe Burrow threw the ball 53 times because they were just playing from behind the entire game, which is crazy because he had 338 passing yards, two touchdowns. You think that's a great game, but he turned the ball over four times. He had so many more opportunities, had the pick six. He just kept going back and forth. The Steelers couldn't hold onto the ball, and then the Bengals just kept turning the ball over. Joe Mixon had 27 carries. That's three yards a pop for 82 yards. It was just disgusting. There was no nothing good to see here. It was terrible football, aside from one man and one man only, and I think uh, you all know who I'm going to mention here, Jamar Chase. I was going up against him and Charlene's team this week. I thought I was buried because of this man. He had 10 catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown. He could have had another two touchdowns. There's like two of them on the sideline where his feet were out, and then the, the one they didn't review, and it was just chaos. I think Jamar Chase, he's a problem. Um, he's genuinely one of the very, very best elite wide receivers in the entire NFL. Um, one thing that I've noticed is Joe Mixon had an incredibly good fantasy day. Seven receptions, 63 yards. Since when does Joe Mixon catch passes? Like, we knew that his touchdowns, you know, couldn't stay the same, but he had a massive day regardless because he caught seven balls. So uh, go me, um, go Joe Mixon. And uh, lastly, I do want to touch on Hayden Hurst. He did have five catches, 46 yards. So he could be an interesting streaming tight end if you are struggling at the position. And then Tyler Boyd caught a touchdown, four for 33. He's going to do that um, from time to time. There's not really too much you can do about it. But the news is that T Higgins, he got banged out. Um, with a concussion, so he's a chance to miss next game. So keep an eye on that, see how he progresses at practice, and make sure that if he's not playing, don't put him in your lineup. It's pretty straightforward, okay, guys? I just want to make sure, I just want to cover all bases. I don't want anyone in my DM saying, Frank, you didn't mention T. Higgins' concussion. I've kept him in my lineup, and I've got a goose egg. It's not my fault, okay? Be better. Mitch Trubisky, very conservative play calling from Mike Tomlin. He threw the ball 38 times, 21 completions, 194 yards and a touchdown. I mean, go Mitch. He got the win. I mean, the kicker almost ruined it for him. I think the the offense as a whole was terrible. Chase Claypool had six carries for 36 yards. I mean, go him. I mean, you know, maybe rejuvenate his career because he's been garbage last year. Um, Najee Harris... More of the same. Offensive line's bad. Najee Harris, not the most efficient runner. Um, He's going to be a volume play, but he had 10 carries to 23 yards and sustained an injury that they think he might miss some time. He came out and said, and the coaching staff said, they're not too concerned. They think he might be good to go next week. But man didn't finish the game in an overtime game against a division rival in week one, and he had a moon boot on. Man's not playing next week. Pick up Jalen Warren. Make sure you pick up Jalen Warren because the Steelers running back is always good. It's always good. Um, it's such a high-volume play, so you can put him straight into your lineup. Pat Frymuth, 5 for 75. He's just a good tight end, so if you know you picked him up late in drafts, kudos. Deontay Johnson, you know, by his standards, a quiet day, but still had 7 for 55. Lots of targets, so I don't think, you know, for all those... Uh, I might as well call out my colleagues as well for those that were thinking that Deontay Johnson wasn't going to have huge volume this year because of a different quarterback. Man, had seven catches on God knows how many targets. He's still going to be good. Um, Chase Claypool, four for 18. Nothing too much to see there. I mean, it's so strange from Chase Claypool, someone that's going to, you know, you would ideally think is going to be a big play guy. Um, just didn't really get downfield. So it's just a bit of a, yeah, gross game. I do want to move on from that game. I don't particularly want to talk about the Steelers and the Bengals that much. Um, the next game we got here, Dolphins thumped the Patriots. Like, the scoreline was only 20-7, to 7, but that's because it sucks. Can't believe they didn't win by like 30-7, to 7, honestly. This game was uh, not even close. This Patriots offense kind of stinks. Um, I think that, you know, Mac Jones and Bill Belichick got to come together and figure something out because they looked... Um, you know, they look like another you know rookie quarterback with conservative play calling against a Miami defense that's 
I wouldn't want to say the real deal, but they came to play. They had a game plan and they executed. So that's what's going to happen in the NFL. So I don't know where the improvement's going to come from from the New England Patriots unless Bill Belichick can pull something out like he always does. So I don't want to doubt the man. Um, just want to go Mac Jones, 213 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Really pedestrian game. I think he needs to show a little bit more. Doesn't look like he's improved too much, but I'm going to give him a pass. It's week one. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Damius Harris, Ramondre Stevenson. If one of those guys don't go down with an injury or Damien Harris doesn't get traded, I'm going to struggle to put either of these guys in my lineup. Uh, you just They're going to get into the end zone eventually because it's Bill Belichick running offense, but... God, it would be, it's going to be so frustrating trying to find a spot to put Ramondre Stevenson in my lineup because then you've got Ty Montgomery who had like, what, how many catches? He had three for 15 and he was the one who got the, the running back that got the touchdown. Like, give me a fucking break. I didn't want to hear it. Kobe Myers, 455. He still looks like the number one, even though, you know, we thought it might be Devontae Parker, but he only had one catch. They spread it around. Johnny Smith had three catches. Aguilar, three. Henry, two. Unless these guys catch a touchdown, you don't want them in your lineup. It's not a high-volume passing attack. It's not a high-scoring offense. So you're just banking on a touchdown, and there's about 10 guys that could possibly get one. So... New England Patriots probably want to stay well away from this offense until something, you know, materialized, maybe an injury, maybe the trade, whatever it is, someone's got to show a bit of X factor because otherwise these team might struggle this year. And as for the Dolphins, two about 270 yards and a touchdown, pretty pedestrian, did, however, miss Tyreek Hill a couple times, underthrew him. Um, I don't think that would have happened if Pat Mahomes was quarterback, Tyreek Hill. Remember when you said he was just as accurate and then he underthrew you? Yeah, we, we remember Tyreek. Um, you're full of shit, but cool, bro. I'm glad you had a good game because he went 8 for 94. Go you. Didn't have like eight touchdowns like you would have with Pat Mahomes. But uh, Jalen Waddle as well, um, he was having a real quiet day until he just caught that one ball and turned it upfield for like a 50-yard touchdown. Go him. He's the man. Um, four for 69 and a touchdown. Chase Edmonds had four for 40, which salvaged his rushing day. Um, so he had four for 40 in the air and then had 12 for 25 on the ground. So, uh, yeah, maybe the Dolphins' offensive line not that good. But I think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are just elite and are going to be able to do most of the work for Tua. So uh, go Dolphins and uh, shout out Matt Barbara. 1-0. Go Miami. Fins up, baby. Um, just want to get over to the very next game now. And this is a classic revenge game. Um, I was so excited for Baker Mayfield. Wanted him to win. Pretty much almost got them there till the Browns kicked that game winner, that late field goal. So uh, sad reacts for Baker Mayfield. But he again, he was just Baker Mayfield. He was so average. It was so painful. Because then the Carolina Panthers are probably going to go into next season, finish like, I don't know, 7 and eight or whatever it is what no it's only 15 games like seven and nine or seven and ten seven and ten 17 game season now right i got there guys um seven and ten have like the 13th overall pick miss out on the good quarterbacks and then like oh no we can roll one more year baker mayfield no you can't he's awful he's gonna take you back years you're wasting christian mccaffrey um but Baker had 235 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Very Baker game. Christian McCaffrey, the return. Um, he was good for fantasy because he got that touchdown, but he only had 10 carries for 33 yards, mostly because they were playing from behind the entire game, but he almost brought them back. You know, in that fourth quarter, they outscored them 17-6. to six. Go Bakes. Um, did Baker did have a rushing touchdown, so go him as well. But it was Robbie Anderson had five for 102 and a touchdown. Got that big touchdown from Baker Mayfield in the fourth quarter. So uh, maybe Robbie Anderson's back, everyone. I mean, he did trash talk Baker in the uh, offseason, but I don't know. They seem to be best buds now. DJ Moore, quiet one, three for 43, and Chris McCaffrey had four for 24. Not too much to take away from this game. The Browns are a good defense. They controlled the clock for a lot of the game. Um, they definitely deserved the win, um, despite the piss-poor quarterback play from Jacoby Brissett. You know why the Browns won? Jacoby Brissett didn't turn over the ball. That's why they won. Um, he had 147 yards and a touchdown, 18-34 to through the air. Go him. But Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt basically carried the entire load for the offense, which surprises no one. Um, Nick Chubb, 22 yards, 122 carries. Gee, 22 yards would have been a quiet day. 
Um, 22 carries, 141 yards, 6.5 carry. Didn't get into the end zone because you know who did? And you know who I was drafting in the 8th round of all my leagues and I wanted to get Kareem Hunt as many places as I can. And I was telling you guys, the zero running back strategy, it can work. It doesn't work when you draft James Cook. I found that out the hard way. But when you draft Kareem Hunt or you get Miles Sanders or you get Chase Edmonds, it can work. And it's ended up with Kareem Hunt having 11 carries, 46 yards, a touchdown on the ground, and then he had four car- four receptions for 24 yards and a touchdown. Um, on the receiving front for the Browns, six catches and 60 yards for my boy Donovan Peoples-Jones. Just wait till he gets to Sean Watson, guys. Remember all those trade offers I offered you, Matt, and you didn't take him? Yeah, you're an idiot. Just wait. Donovan Peoples-Jones. There was a reason why he was like the number one wide receiver prospect in high school. And then he just, I don't know, stopped giving a shit about football and got drafted in the seventh round. Now he's like, yeah, might try again. He's the man. Get around him. If he's on your waiver wire, um, don't pick him up yet because Deshaun Watson's like eight games away. Um, but Dynasty League, I mean, he shouldn't be on waiver wires. But if he is, pick him up. Amari Cooper, three for 17. It's almost as if Amari Cooper's so overrated. It's not funny. Um... But yeah, very quiet game. Jacoby Brissett, he'll be awesome when Sean Watson gets back. This is basically the Browns trying to not go under 500 without Deshaun Watson. That is all this is. I do want to retract a comment I made about the Steelers and the Pittsburgh game. Sorry, the Steelers and the Bengals game about being the grossest because I've just gotten to the Texans and Colts game. Davis Mills, I kind of feel bad for him. Because you look at the stats, and he's had 240 yards, two touchdowns, 23 out of 37. Like, you would think that's not, I don't know, about good enough, but tough to lose. You'd be pretty upset, especially when you were up 20 to 0. And then, sorry, not 20 to 0, 20 to 3. And then in the fourth quarter, your defense gives up 17 points to Matt Ryan and the Jonathan Taylor show. Rex Burkhead led the backfield in carries with 14 for 40. Sucks if you're a Damian Pierce owner, but he had 11 carries still for 33 yards. Yeah, the Colts' defense is good. Like, they weren't going to be able to run the ball with any real efficiency, but, you know, they stuck to it. Go, go Texans. Um, Brandon Cooks, 7 for 82. Brandon Cooks just doing Brandon Cooks things. Man's going to go for, like, a hundred, like 80 catches, 1,000 yards, 6 touchdowns. He's walking 1,000 yards. Um, OJ Howard. They signed the man off the street. The man that got cut from the bills after they paid him, like, guaranteed money. I don't know how they why they cut him. But he's gone and caught two touchdowns for 38 yards. Not someone I'm looking for on the waiver wire purely just because he's... It just seems lucky. It's not a high-flying offense. Like, two of Davis Mills' touchdowns both went to OJ Howard. Um, Rex Burkhead, though, did have five catches for 30 yards. If he's going to be the pass-catching back he does have some flex appeal in ppr league so i think you know he's clearly the third down back and then damian pierce and him are sharing first and second down work so at this stage until damian pierce can separate himself over the course of the season which i think can happen i think towards the back end they lose enough games they'll you know hand the keys over to the rookie which you know they get a good look at him um but till then uh it's gonna be rex burkett taking that third down role nothing else too interesting on the texan side of the ball colts Matt Ryan threw the ball 50 times. They had so much of the ball and was just so wasteful, the Colts. So he had 352 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Matt Ryan is still garbage. Um, I reckon I'd throw for 352 yards if I threw the ball 50 times. But uh, you know who's not garbage? Everyone and is on my dynasty team and a couple of my redraft teams and I might be in love with. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. 31 carries. Workhorse. Remember when they said they wanted to restrict his workload and then they come out week one and give him 31 carries? Yeah, I do. He's the man. Number one pick in your draft for a reason. 161 yards, five yards carry, got a touchdown. That's all you want. You literally just hand the ball to him 30 times. I don't care. Matt Ryan can't beat anyone. That's all. what you got to do, Colts. Frank Wright, he knows what he's doing. Must be in the name. Um, Michael Pittman. He's a monster. He was someone that I uh, mentioned early on in uh, early days of the podcast. It's probably like inside five episodes for us. 
I mentioned about how I was wrong about Michael Pittman, and uh, I continued to be wrong, but I accepted that I was wrong a long time ago, and I think he's great. Um, he had nine catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Fought through some contact for that catch, got into the end zone. Really good play by him. Naheem Hines, someone I've got in a, redra- a couple of redraft leagues that I played this week, he had six catches for 50 yards. That was awesome. Um, he only had three carries. If you can get that carry number up a little bit, he's going to be handy in fl- uh, PPR um, leagues to put in your flex. Um, as far as the other receivers are concerned, Doolan had three, Paris had three, um, Strahan had two, Molly Cox had two, Granson had three, Taylor had four catches, nice little uh, PPR boost, and then Ali Pierce didn't have a catch, the rookie wide receiver, but gee, did he have a bad drop. So I uh, cost him the game. Good work, rookie. Let me move on to the next game. I apologize to any listeners if I'm going very fast. There's a lot of games to get through. I don't want to bore everyone. I do want to make this part of your uh, post-red zone um, experience. Um, it's definitely something that we can uh, build upon. And any you know suggestions, if there's stuff that you want me to touch on. Like I'm, like I'm going through a lot of stats here, but I feel like I'm able to throw in my uh, opinions here. So if you like my opinion... Um, Go get a brain scan. No, I'm kidding. All right. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. I'm not here to uh, be right all the time. If I was, I'd just be a professional gambler like Joel. Shout out, Joel. Um, Max Mariota, 20 for 33, 215 yards, did what he needed to do and didn't turn over the ball. Go him. He had 12 carries, 72 yards on the ground and a touchdown. It was sneaky good for fantasy. I mean, they got rolled 26 to 27, but like... Max Mariota, he's not awful, but I think he's just a good backup. Um, don't know, don't think he's going to be the answer in Atlanta. I think they've got rolling with him this year. Lose a bunch of games, get a high pick, take a quarterback. But you know someone who's not washed that a lot of people thought was, and you're getting a value in your drafts? Cordero Patterson. They gave this man 22 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. And he looked good. He looked fresh. He looked like a running back. Like, I don't understand how he's still got the juice or how, like, his whole career has just been wasted and now he's just the man. It's going to be like another like another year of being a top 10 running back. Like, he finished inside the top 10 last year. The offense is probably just as bad, might be slightly better, who knows, and he's getting just as much work as he did last year. So, go him. Um, as far as talent goes, Drake London, wide receiver, 5 for 74. Um He's, he's got the goods. I think uh, he's going to be a good one. He's someone I was really high on um, in the draft process. I thought he was he was the number one wide receiver on my board. Um, I still think he is, and uh, really good debut for him. Didn't you know explode, but you know did well. Sakias had four for forty nine. Um, Kadero Hodge had three for thirty eight. Nothing there. But you know who disappointed fantasy owners and someone that you took in the third round of your draft and how I was telling you too as well. It's Kyle Pitts. Um, Maybe the New Orleans Saints watched that film where he, like, killed that New York Jets defender. Um, but they were sending so much attention to Kyle Pitts. Man just could not get open. He was getting double-teamed, triple-teamed, quadruple-teamed, it seemed. Um, but, yeah, there'll be better weeks for Kyle Pitts, okay? Don't panic, okay? Don't trade him. Unless you're uh, Matty Barbs, I might uh, send you an offer in Dynasty. Hit me up, buddy. Um, Cordaro Patterson did have three catches for 16 yards also. Um but let's get over to the other side of the ball where Jameis Winston somehow pulled off a comeback against the Falcons. Like, I want to get around him and be like, yeah, the Saints, but, like, the Falcons, you, you almost lost to the Falcons. Jameis had 269 yards, two touchdowns, 23 for 34. Um, you know, pretty average game. He's pretty poor for most of the game, but, you know, came back and won it. He um, spent some time on the side of the field. Um, with a bit of an injury, but then came back. So I imagine it's pretty good. Um, someone who is an absolute beast, got the dog in him. Taysom Hill, four for 81 on the ground and a touchdown. It's I think it's because he's white. He's sneaky athletic. Um, he was outrunning dudes. Like that touchdown run he got, they, the guys in the secondary must have thought, yeah, I got this guy. And he's just flown past him, a blur. Um so, well done to Taysom Hill. Not someone I'm going to pick up. He does have tight end eligibility, but, gee, you just don't know when he's going to get these touches. Um, 
Um, Kamara, 9 for 39, 4.3 carry. Really low volume for Alvin, which was strange because they were never really... Like, I guess they were down for a lot of the game, but... Like, I don't know, against the Falcons, and you've got a good defense in theory, the Saints, you just stick with the run. Like, Alvin Kamara is your best player. Like, I don't know why you'd go away from that. Mark Ingram had four for 22. Yeah, he's just a backup. Cool. Um, the wide receivers, though, this is where the storyline is. Number 13, can't guard Mike. He's back. I'm proclaiming it that he's back. He had five for 57 and two sweaty touchdowns. Didn't have him in my lineup, sadly. Um, as I pointed out earlier, though, did not matter. Um, but, yeah, he's back. He looked awesome. That back shoulder catch, that one, he had to get back past the defender all over him. Didn't get the call. Doesn't matter. Takes a catch. Um, he's awesome. He only played, I feel like he only played like the second half because they were down. Like I, I reckon if they were winning that game, he wouldn't have played like more than 30% of the snaps. Um, but he is here. He is ready to go. Jarvis Landry, 7 for 114. If he's on waiver wise, pick him up. I mean, if it's going to be a high passing volume, this is a game that they were down though, so I don't know how much volume is going to be consistent week to week. Chris Olave had three for 41, caught that two-point conversion. Go, Chris Olave. Um, and Alvin Kamara, three catches, seven yards. Just, a, yeah, kind of a letdown for Alvin fans. Maybe he's got a bit of remorse from beating the living shite out of that guy in the offseason. Um, now, let's move on to the Ravens-Jets game. Another snooze fest, this one. Uh, Joe Flacco, 300 yards, at, and he threw the ball... 59 times. Again, I reckon I could throw 300 yards when I had 59 attempts. They were down the entire time. Don't know how much hope the Jets had with Joe Flacco, quarterback. I don't know why they don't rock with Mike White. He's a goat. Um, One thing we do want to take away from this Jets team, though, if they're going to be down, they can't feed Brees Hall. And if they're going to be down, they're going to basically have Michael Carter in on third downs, and he's going to have more carries, he's going to have more targets, and he's going to have more receptions, which is awful. He didn't have more catches than Brees Hall, though, but, like, oh, no, yes, he did. Sorry, I looked at the six and thought, surely Michael Carter didn't have more than six, but no, he had seven catches, 40 yards, Brees Hall, six for 38. Um, That's the story of, you know, the whole game because the Jets were down from the get-go. Um, Ravens didn't even look that good either, to be fair. But if they're going to be down, Brees Hall's only going to be able to get like 10 carries top, so it's going to be difficult, especially with Mike Carter. He had 10 for 60. Brees Hall had 6 for 23. Both players look good. I think they're both talented, but, you know, if we want Brees Hall to take over, game script's got to be different than that. Um, we saw the debut of Garrett Wilson. He looked really good. He had 4.52. Nothing too crazy. Um, I think it's going to be someone that you look for towards the end of the year to really break out. Elijah Moore, 5 for 49. Didn't burn you, but, you know, did a, you know didn't really uh, instill too much excitement. Um, someone that you all might have forgotten about and is probably going undrafted in redraft leagues was Corey Davis. He had 6 for 77. Led the team in yards, led the team in receptions, and... You know, they signed him a couple years ago. Could just be the, still the number one receiver. I don't know. But, yeah, Corey Davis, I feel like he's going to be annoying for any Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore owners, especially if you're in a dynasty league and you're counting on those guys to sort of contribute. Um, Corey Davis is going to be a really annoying player for you. Um, on the Ravens' side of the ball, Lamar Jackson only threw the ball 30 times, but only completed 17 of them. 213 yards, three touchdowns. Had that uh, efficient touchdown to interception ratio. Had just had the one. Um, Kenyon Drake, clearly the number one back there with um, the likes of Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins still out. But he had 11 for 31, three yards carry. Gross. He's not very good. Lamar Jackson, six for 17. Normally, it's going to be better than that. I think Lamar Jackson gave you a good fantasy week because he had three passing touchdowns, but he's going to be better than this going forward. So uh, go Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't know if it's a buy opportunity because he still put up 20-plus fantasy points. You're not really going to get a discount. Um, someone that I really like to have on my fantasy team, Rashad Bateman. He had two for 59 and a touchdown. To be fair, his fantasy day was salvaged by that big touchdown over the top. Um, he's getting locked up by Sauce Gardner, but I don't want to take too much away from him. Sauce Gardner, he is the man. Um, someone that did catch touchdowns, though, and was getting me so pissed off because every time he caught one, I thought it was Rashad Bateman. I was like, I'm getting excited. Devin Duvernay, four for 54 and two touchdowns. Um, don't know how, like, 
I don't know what the word is, how predictive that's going to be for the rest of the season. I don't think Devin DuVernay is a bad player, but if Mark Andrews has five for 52 and zero touchdowns and Devin DuVernay has two touchdowns, I mean, I know who I'm going to pick to get a touchdown the next time. It's going to be Mark Andrews. I'm probably a little bit disappointed with his performance. Um, other than that, nothing too much to take away from that game um, fantasy-wise. Just, you know, Lamar Jackson, rushing quarterbacks are good at fantasy. That's that's the takeaway, guys. Um, a game that was surprisingly fun to watch and uh, was really cool to see, and it was uh, this Washington Commanders-Jacksonville Jaguars game the Commanders came away victors 28-22. to And it was by none other than the big arm, the erratic arm, and the skill of Carson Wentz. He gave you the most stereotypical Carson Wentz game you've ever seen. He would throw an absolute dot to Jahan Dotson in the end zone. He'd throw an absolute dot to Terry McLaurin down the sideline. And then he will get get picked off in the most absurd way possible. Throw it into the defensive lineman on a screen. Like, the defensive lineman standing right in front of you, Carson, put it in the dirt. Or scramble out to the right. Or just don't try and just pin him in the side of his helmet. Like, he's going to intercept the ball. But anyway, they got the dub. Good on them. He threw four touchdowns, 313 yards, 27-41. Um, had a big fantasy day. So uh, maybe you want to pick up Carson Wentz. Maybe he's got some of that juice left from those Doug Peterson days. Who knows? Speaking of juice, Antonio Gibson, 14 for 58, four yards carry, looked pretty like, you know, solid as a runner. Exactly what we sort of come to expect with Antonio Gibson. Um yeah, again, had a good fantasy day because he had seven catches for 72 yards. All the Antonio Gibson truthers over the years waiting for him to catch some balls. Well, here it is. It only took James, uh, what was his, it only took Brian Robinson, I almost said James Robinson, getting shot and mugged at gunpoint. Um, Charlene, can't believe you sent that guy out to shoot Brian Robinson because your Antonio Gibson stonks were taking such a hit. But that's beside the point. Can't believe it took that kind of event for Antonio Gibson to get some receiving work. I think he's a good receiver, like throwing the ball a little bit. Like, I don't think he's that good, but come on, guys. Um, Curtis Samuel had four carries as well. It's kind of nice if Curtis Samuel's going to get a bit of a rushing bump. Um, and then J.D. McKissick, three carries. Yeah, he didn't really get too involved. Like I said, Antonio Gibson led the team in receiving, seven for 72. Terry salvaged that uh, his fantasy day with that big, like, I think it was like a 40 plus yard touchdown from Carson Wentz. So he had two for 58. Curtis Samuel, eight for 55 and one. Curtis Samuel is probably that wide receiver that suits Carson Wentz a bit more, kind of that like, you know, run after the play type, um, a bit closer to the line of scrimmage, doesn't have to be as accurate as he would be with Terry McLaurin. So he had a good game. Logan Thomas, three for 45. Offense isn't going to be good enough to uh, make Logan Thomas a viable streaming option. And Jahan Dotson, he is the man. Maybe there was a reason why he was the first wide receiver taken off the board. It's, it is possible, believe it or not, listeners, that the uh, NFL scouts know more than I do. Not likely, but it's possible. He had three catches, 40 yards, two touchdowns, and that touchdown late in the game was sick. Like, that was an awesome catch. It was a, don't get me wrong, it was a dot by Carson Wentz. But I don't want to, you know, it kind of takes away from it because Jahan Dotson took, made such a miraculous catch. So, uh, you know, maybe they can, uh, this Washington Commanders team should be a good defense. You know, might be able to scare some of those uh, Dallas Cowboy fans uh, who, you know, obviously are very sad today. I would, actually, I probably will go through the, uh, the, late, the late night game, but... You know, those Dallas Cowboys fans, I'd be pretty concerned about uh, Dak Prescott's finger. Kind of need that one. Kind of need that to throw a football. Suck it, Cowboys fans. Um, Now, next game. Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings. As someone who has, you know, a particular friend, and, you know, he's been mentioned on the podcast before, who goes for the Green Bay Packers, I'm not going to give him the platform um, on the pod. But you know who you are. And, uh... How's the Packers losing again to the division rivals? Maybe Aaron Rodgers is just a big fucking baby and doesn't want to share the ball around. He wants to have a sook. He wants to throw tantrums on the sideline. How about you put up more than seven points against a Minnesota Vikings defense who probably suck? You can blame the wide receivers all you want. Although, gee, it was a terrible drop by Christian Watson. But beside that... 
It's your responsibility. You're the quarterback. There's plenty of other quarterbacks that have sucky wide receiver rooms. Go have a crack at your GM. Go have a crack at your front office before you start having a go at the young wide receivers. I actually don't like it at all with Aaron Rodgers. Him just calling out young wide receivers. Like, you're not you're not cool. You've got one Super Bowl to your name. You reckon you're hot shit. How about you win another Super Bowl? Anyway, Aaron Rodgers, 195 yards, one interception, fumbled the ball as well, 22 for 34. Yep, did fuck all. Jordan Love had to come in to finish the game because you were getting slapped by that much. Aaron Jones, five carries, 49 yards. Went for 10 yards a carry. He's the man. Go, Jonesy. AJ Dillon, 10 carries, 45 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I was shattered when that touchdown went in just quietly. That was one that really hurt. I thought I was dead in the water in fantasy. Um, but no, I won. Fuck you, Charlene. Um Romeo Doobs and Christian Watson had to carry each. I think they were just doing that to get him involved in the game because they couldn't get open. They were like, what is the NFL? They were struggling a little bit, those two. Um, AJ Dillon had five catches, 46 yards. Romeo Doobs, four catches, 37, led the wide receivers. Tonyan three for 36. Watson, two for 34. Like I said earlier, dropped a 75-yard bomb at the beginning of the game. I would have been rowdy as, um, you know, I want to shit talk Aaron Rodgers, but gee, if Christian Watson had taken that to the house, I would have been super excited. Um, Aaron Jones, three catches, does what he does. Um, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, by the way, fantasy listeners, uh, that's a 50-50 split. So they're both going to eat into each other's ceiling, but both are going to be good. So, you know, Packers running backs could be a little bit annoying during the season, but they were annoying last season. So it's more of the same, I think. Um, someone who had a really good day today and I've been really impressed with. And I know there's been some, you know, reporters on the NFL Network and, you know, a few other platforms that have been saying sneaky MVP chance for Kirk Cousins. Um, didn't do his chances any harm. He had a pretty flawless game, 20, 277 yards, two touchdowns. Um, was able to, you know, facilitate the run game. Dalvin Cook had 20 carries, 90 yards. Alexander Madison, eight carries, 36 yards. Both went for four and a half carry. They're the same. Um, Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison, they always put up the same amount of points no matter who's in. So if you got that handcuff, you're set. Running back one. Um, But you know who is the best wide receiver in fantasy football and someone I was telling you to draft over Cooper Cup. And despite Cooper Cup having an electric week, and I think he's going to be awesome all year, Justin Jefferson blitzed the entire Green Bay, Wisconsin area, um, showed him who is boss. He had nine catches, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. Made it look easy. It looked like he was just an island. I don't know if anyone's seen those highlight um, videos from Chad Johnson at the Pro Bowl saying there's like a ring around him and he's always open. And he's like, I think he said something about 7-Eleven being always open and they should call him that or something along those lines. I'm probably butchering that. But that was Justin Jefferson. They couldn't get like within a meter of this guy. And it wasn't like through lack of trying. They just threw everything at him and it did not matter. There's been so many memes of like, you know, all the Packers what Packers cornerbacks, burnt toast. Um, I'm sure they'll I'm pretty pretty sure I saw a SpongeBob one where there's like that uh, Patrick Coughing meme that was like the uh, Green Bay Packers cornerbacks trying to cover Justin Jefferson. Um, yeah, they're a joke. He uh, took the absolute piss, as we say, down in uh, Australia. Adam Thielen, quiet day, 3 for 36. Yeah, kind of hurt me fantasy lineup, to be fair, but we know Adam Thielen's touchdown dependent. He's going to catch like eight touchdowns. He'll be fine. Um, the very next game, one of my favorite games of the slate. Like, it was gross for a long time, and then it really came to life late, and it was the Tennessee Titans versus the New York Giants. Brian Dayball is going to have to walk around with a wheelbarrow with the size of his balls to go for it on... Go for it. Um, not go for it. Gee, go for two on that last touchdown at the end of the game. Daniel Jones, he still sucks, but, uh, you know, he went 17-21, 188 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Very Daniel Jones-like. At least he was accurate and didn't throw the ball away too many times, but he still turned the ball over. But you know who's awesome and is the best running back prospect we have possibly ever seen coming out of college? And it seems like some of you forgot about it. It's Saquon Barkley, 18 carries, 164 yards, nine a pop, one touchdown on the ground. He is incredible. Incredible. He's a specimen, and don't you all forget it. Daniel Jones, 6 for 25 on the ground. 
Matt Breida had five for 24 in just spelling Saquon Barkley. Tony had a couple of carries for 23 yards for Kadarius Tony. So that's uh, that's kind of nice. But he literally didn't have a catch. So barking out. Can he, like, pull his finger out? Because Sterling Shepard had two for 71 and a touchdown. Got him behind the defense. Man's like 105 years old. Whoever that DB was needs to uh, hit the track. Andy, if you can give him some tips to run a bit faster, please. Because... Can't be getting burned by Sterling Shepard. Saquon Barkley, six catches, 30 yards. He's awesome. Richie James somehow had five catches with 59 yards. Not someone you're going to go pick up. And Kenny Golladay, gee, he sucks, but he had two for 22. And Wondell Robinson, I believe, is now hurt with a knee injury um, from memory. He had one for five, so not too much to take away from there other than Brian Dayball's the man, and this Giants team is rejuvenated with Saquon Barkley. He's the most important player on that team. Ryan Tannehill didn't have a bad day, but just didn't have a good enough day to uh, will the team to victory. He had 266 yards, two touchdowns, um, you know, solid, but you lost the game. You suck, Ryan. Bring in Malik Willis. Derrick Henry, 21 carries, 82 yards, four yards carry. Didn't really scare anyone. That Giants defensive line, they took it to Derrick Henry. They didn't give a shit about King Henry. Maybe he's washed. I don't know. Maybe that foot is still not right. I don't know. But no, Derrick Henry was fine. Um, I think it was just the New York Giants defensive line. They game planned so well. Again, Brian Dayball, maybe he is the real deal. He coached this um, this game so well. I'm really impressed with him. Kyle Phillips, um, he was a late waiver wire ad um, in a couple of my leagues. So, Props to people who did that. He had six for 66. Dontrell Hilliard, though, stole your two touchdowns, Derek Henry Onus. Suck on that one, Charlie. Um, three for 61, two touchdowns through the air. So, uh, you know, if something were to happen to Derek Henry, Dontrell Hilliard's definitely the backup, but I don't know how many carries he'd get. It happened last year where he would, like, get the receiving work and then get, like, five carries. It still wasn't that good. Traylon Burks, three for 55 on debut. You know, looked the part. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a you know such a high-scoring game where he's gonna you know have a big blow-up spot. He's not AJ Brown yet. I don't think uh you know we saw what AJ Brown can do with doesn't matter who his quarterback is. Now let's go to the AFC West showdown. Um, a game that was largely dominated by the Chargers. Um, the Raiders made a late push, but you know I didn't think it was too much in doubt. Just Herbert's a freak. Um, he threw some. Re- Ridiculous balls. That one up the seam to DeAndre Carter, crazy. That thing was on a string. Um, Hit him literally where only his player can get it, in between the two safeties. Just ridiculous. Um, You know, he might be the MVP, but Josh Allen, he's a freak too. We're actually really spoiled for good quarterbacks, come to think of it. But, yeah, awesome game for Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler, 4 for 36. uh, 14 for 36, sorry. Two and a half yards of carry. Man, sucked. They game-planned for Austin Eckler. I mean, he couldn't really do too much. I, I don't know. There was nowhere to run. Josh Kelly, 4 for 21, just to spell. Sony Michelle had seven carries to spell. Eckler as well. They weren't going to give Austin Eckler, like, 25 carries week one. Like, just dumb. There's no point. Um, to start the game, Keenan Allen looked awesome, and then he's tweaked a hamstring. So uh, 30-year-old receivers with hamstring problems. Um Welcome to my fantasy team. Um, not happy about it. I think uh, they're saying he's a chance to play next week. Just fuck, just rest him. Uh, I kind of got depth and like, I don't know. I don't even know who I'm playing next week. Probably Dylan. He sucks. Beat him. Um, so yeah, Kenny Allen, a little bit banged up. DeAndre Carter, like I said, um, he had that touchdown catch from Justin Herbert. He had three for 64. Gerald Everett, streaming option if he's available and you don't have a good tight end or George Kittle misses another week. Um, pick him up. 3.54 and a touch. Looked good on that touchdown catch. Austin Erklad, 4 for 36, doing his thing. But you know who didn't do his thing today? Mike Williams. JC Jackson, Chris Harris. No, Chris Harris. I don't think he's there anymore. I'm trying to think who the other corners are. They've got some good corners there. Sante Samuel Jr., Bryce Callahan. That's it. They stole Bryce Callahan. I was pissed off about that. Um, they shut down Mike Williams. They game plan. They saw what he did to him last time when he had like 150 yards and two touchdowns. And they weren't going to let it happen again. Um, Josh Palmer, three catches for five yards. Gee, really stretching the field, Joshy P. Um, but he's someone, if Kenan Allen misses time, uh, he'll probably have like six catches for like 60 yards if you need that on your fantasy team. So pick him up if you want that. Uh, it's, you know, live your life the way you want to, okay? I like a little bit more excitement in my life. Oh, you know, I want someone that's going to catch a touchdown. But, you know, that's just me. You know who didn't have a good game, though? Derek 
Carr. Made a couple good throws, but gee, he was fucking... He just didn't look after the ball. 295 yards, two touchdowns, three picks. I think it's more of a product of the Los Angeles Chargers defense. So they're really good. Like, they've got Bosa and they've got Mack and they've got JC Jackson and Derwin James. Like, the list just goes on. Bryce Callahan, like, really, really talented de- defense. It's probably only going to get better the more they learn to play with each other as well. Um, Josh Jacobs... They were down in this game, so he had 10 carries for 57 yards. So that's kind of good. Like, if they're winning, like, Josh Jacobs is going to get carries and he was efficient. Um, not something I'm, like, too concerned about as a Josh Jacobs owner. Didn't get res- um, involved in the receiving game um, too much. Had one catch for 16 yards. Brandon Bolden had two for 21, and he was the one who got in for the touchdown. Gee, I was filthy about it too. Um but, yeah, I think if they're winning and they're, you know, getting more scoring opportunities because they only scored 19 points here, Josh Jacobs still going to be good. He's going to be what he has been the last couple of years, which is, you know, you're, you know, you're meddling running back one, running back two. Um, Darren Waller and his return, four for 79. was kind of nice. Um, you know what wasn't nice, though? When he went down at the one-yard line, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to get screwed here because it's going to be Devontae Adams scoring the touchdown. Um, but, yeah, he went down the one-yard line. I didn't even get the Josh Jacobs like goal line carry. I was pissed off. Um, but, you know, Devontae Adams just did Devontae Adams things. 10 catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. Eclipsed the entire Green Bay Packers wide receiver room um, for yardage today. He's the man. Um, yeah, believe it or not, Devontae Adams is actually just good, and it wasn't Suki Aaron Rodgers the whole time. So, uh, again, Ben, how good is not having uh, Devontae Adams? Remember when you were happy about it because you got all these picks? Yeah, you're an absolute gronk. No idea. Moving on to the next game. Arizona Cardinals versus Kansas City Chiefs, 21-44. to The Chiefs smacked the Cardinals. Um, I did think this is how this game was going to go, like, I like Kyler Murray. I think he's a good quarterback, but hell, he can't tie the shoelaces of Pat Mahomes. Um, and then same with Cliff Kingsbury and Andy Reid. Like, you just got the wish version. Like, they're kind of different. Like, Pat Mahomes and Kyler Murray. Like, Kyler Murray's more of a runner, deep ball, like, throws the deep ball to, you know, they run a lot more verticals where the Chiefs run a lot more crosses. But, yeah, Pat Mahomes is untouchable. He's so much better. Um so I think even towards the end of the game, like the Chiefs were putting in like their backup running back, like Pacheco. He had, a, you know, I got him on my dynasty team, but yeah, he had a touchdown, um, led the team in rushing and carries, but it was just because the game was already over at that point. Um, I'll go back to the cards though. Kyler Murray salvaged his fantasy day after having like six points or five points in the first half, managed to have 193 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he also had a little bit on the ground, five for 29, nothing too crazy. Um, and then we also had Eno Benjamin. He had four carries, 28 yards. Go Eno. He's definitely the backup. So if you roster James Conner and you want the backup, Eno Benjamin is definitely it. It's not Daryl Williams. It's not um, Ingram. It is definitely Eno Benjamin. James Conner, 10 carries, 26 yards. Got stuffed a bunch of times by the uh, Chiefs D-line, who played incredibly well. He did salvage his day with a touchdown, though. So go him. You know who was surprisingly good and got seven catches. Greg Dorch. Um, I do forgive you for not knowing who that name is because uh, he was just a guy on the end of the depth chart. But with all the injuries to Rondell Moore, suspension to DeAndre Hopkins, he's someone who got thrust thrust into a position to succeed, and he, he looked all right. I mean, I don't know if he's someone you want to pick up, but, you know, definitely someone to keep an eye on. If he starts to string some of these performances together, maybe it might be a thing. Um Speaking of salvaging your fantasy day, Marquise Brown, um, I feel like the entire world had him in DraftKings and everyone would have been scared because they would have lost to everyone that didn't have Marquise Brown in DraftKings because he was struggling. But I think it was just the Chiefs. Again, Andy Reid just game plans so well. Like You see something so, such a, an obvious blow-up spot and then Andy Reid will just extinguish it. Um, but he did have a nice catch for six yards and the touchdown uh, late in the game. Had to come back and get it. Wasn't a great throw, but he was under pressure. But, you know, Marquise um, hooking up with his old college quarterback, getting the touchdown, salvaging his fantasy day. So go him. James Conner doing what he did last year, getting five catches, 29 yards. Um, again, scored a touchdown this week. Probably going to score some more touchdowns. James Conner is going to be good as long as he can stay healthy. Now, the Chiefs. Remember when I said Patrick Mahomes was good? I knew he was good, but, you know, you thought with Tyreek Hill, he's going to take a step backwards. Maybe he's not going to be as explosive, may not have as many big plays. Yeah, well, you'd be wrong. 
Pat Mahomes, 30 for 39, 360 yards, five tutties, zero interceptions. Best player in the NFL. I, I mean, I, I don't want to disrespect Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, but, gee, this performance really showed you just how good and how what a luxury having an elite quarterback is because you have arguably, you know, top five wide receiver leave and they don't miss a beat. They do not miss a beat, these um, Kansas City Chiefs. And it's upsetting as a Denver Broncos fan because as optimistic as I am about Russell Wilson, they just win. And it's so, so infuriating. Um, Like I said before, Isaiah Pacheco led the team in rushing 12 for 62 and a touchy. Clyde Edgelaire, 7 for 42 on the ground, but gee, he did some damage in the air, didn't he? Um, talk about a buzzsaw. Zach Wheelhan with his Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Pat Mahomes stack in Dynasty. Three for 32 and two touchdowns. Absolutely disgusting. But if you went zero running back again and you picked up Clyde late in your drafts, you were laughing. Um, we had Travis Kelsey doing Travis Kelsey things. Eight for 121 and a touchdown. That's something you come to expect. Juju Smith-Schuster looked to be the number one wide receiver. Um, again, they share it around so much, and Travis Kelsey's such an important target, and they throw the ball to the running backs and stuff like that. It's not like a clear-cut wide receiver where the, that player's going to get 130 targets, nothing crazy like that. But Juju Smith-Schuster is definitely ahead of MVS and Sky Moore at this stage. Same with Mikael Hardman. He had 6 for 79. MVS, 4 for 44. Sky Moore tuned in on debut with his first catch for 30 yards. It was a nice one. So uh, congratulations to him. McKinnon still in that third down back roll, but three for 27. We are almost there, guys, okay? All right? I'm flying through these. I'm on a roll, okay? The very last game of the day, and it was the Dallas Cowboys versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I know it's week one, but, God, it's good to see the Cowboys lose again. We've all been waiting for it all year, and to see it week one, it's just, it's just nice. It was just really nice. Um, I'll start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers side of the ball. Really gross game. Like you would think this was going to be high scoring, but then the defenses are sneaky good. Like the Cowboys, like Micah Parsons, he's awesome. Um, he's the entire catalyst for that defense. Like Trayvon Diggs, we know he gets burned every week, but. Michael Parsons, he's awesome. So he's, you know, he, you know, I'd say they kind of stopped Brady and the Buccaneers. Like, although Leonard Fournette had his way on the ground, they didn't let them get beat through the air. Like, the game plan was good. They kept him to 19 points. It was the offense who couldn't uh, keep up their end of the bargain. So it was Tom Brady had 212 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, didn't really help your fantasy team too much, honestly. Kind of let you down. Um, Leonard Fournette, like I said, 21 for 127. Didn't get a touchdown on the ground. Didn't get a touchdown in the air either. So, uh, But still had a big day regardless. Sharp White, six carries. Didn't really do too much with him. Julio had a couple of carries too. Get around him. Julio's back. No, I don't know if he's back. He had a decent game. It was nice to see him, you know, have a couple catches. Mike Evans did Mike Evans things, 5 for 71. Got the touchdown because he always gets touchdowns. Um, Julio Jones, 3 for 69. And Chris Godwin, 3 for 35. He did leave the game um, into the second half, so it was a little bit uh, disappointing to see Chris Godwin hurt his hamstring. Hopefully it's nothing too serious, but it is always the hamstring that goes after um, you're coming back from a knee injury. So it's not... The best thing you want to see, Andrew. I know you, you know, you love your Chris Godwin, but man, they probably should have rested him. To be fair, they probably might have expected more from the Cowboys offensively, and thought that they might need the firepower in Chris Godwin. They probably could have rested him at this stage. Um, but yeah, that's all the games uh, this week, guys. Um, I hope I've done a good job and I haven't uh, bored you. But I think. Uh, We've done um, a really good job recapping all of these games, giving you all the important bits. I'm glad I've kept this under an hour, so, like, go me. Um, Maybe I'll refine this a bit more, get it a bit shorter, but we'll see. I do like to ramble, but I also want to get you guys details. Um, Thank you for listening to the podcast. I know that at the beginning of the show, I didn't plug the socials, so I'm going to plug them now. Maybe I'll plug them at the beginning as well. I might do some, like, fancy editing and plug the socials at the beginning and add the intro in we'll see um so make sure you follow the podcast on instagram at the fantasy addicts on the twitters at the fb addicts as well make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast on spotify as well um you know every single rating and review is appreciated so uh get down there if you listen to the pod we see the numbers they're getting there okay we see you know 
um, you people down there listening to the podcast. We do appreciate Want to grow the pod. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your dog. Um, maybe don't tell your league mates. No, we do want you to tell your league mates, but, like, I don't know. I suppose you want to win. That's okay. We can figure that out later. Um, thank you for listening. Um, take care, guys. Can't wait for week two. And uh, Monday Night Football coming up tomorrow as well. Go Broncos. Actually, I didn't mention that. Go Broncos. We're playing tomorrow. We're going to beat the brakes off the Seahawks. So suck at Seahawks fans. Russell Wilson's ours now. And uh, laters. <laughs>